We have an amazing episode for you all today. Our guest is Dr. Chris Donahue, who is a sex therapist and a sexologist. Don't worry, we clear up the difference in this episode of what that is. We talk everything, sex positivity, sex and relationships, and everything in between. This episode is so informative and really opens up the dialogue surrounding sex in our very modern times. You definitely do not want to miss this one. All right. Hi. So I'm really excited about our next guest. This is um, Dr. Chris Donahue, who is a sex therapist sex and a sexologist, which we'll get into in a second, okay. who's also the new host of Loveline and also has a podcast with Amber Rose. And I can go also, also all day because he's, you are literally doing a million things. Yes. So, and my new book, Rebel Love. Oh yeah. And of course, what she forgot to bring that's today. That's right. That's the story of my life. Yeah, that's right. He's a great self-promoter, everybody. Uh, he has a new book out called Rebel Love, which is not here right now, or we would try to show it or talk about it more, but... Cool. Um, on that note, so uh, maybe next time you come on, you can bring I will. I'll bring a ton. All right, good. Everywhere. And you also have three books. This is not just your first two, book. Two, two is my second book. Oh, you're writing a third book. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So my first question is for people who are listening and for myself, what is the difference between a sex therapist and uh, a sexologist? I kind of feel like that word sexology or sexol that a sexologist sure. has been used much more recently. So. Yeah, so sexology is thrown around a lot because it's basically someone who studies human sexuality uh, philosophically, socially, and they'll do a lot of coaching. But sex therapy, you have to be okay. a licensed therapist. And then you go and get three to five years of additional training and you get certified. And sex therapists in the world, there's about 500 of us total in the world that are certified. And I'm one of those. And That's so it? It's a, yeah, it's, it, because you have to be licensed and the, the track and all the training, you have to get the supervision, the clinical hours, um, all the research. It's intensive. You're wow. truly specializing in human sexuality. A lot of people think that it's just really basic. You know, sex is what you do with your partner in the bedroom. And it's like, no, there are psychological components and social components and anatomical components. And there's biology to it. I mean, it's a true specialization. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm a science geek, so I love that This stuff. is amazing. Okay, so then when someone calls themselves a sexologist, what does that mean? Do they take, is there a course in college? I've never seen that offered yeah, when I went to college. Yeah, it's now offered in some schools, but see it as someone who maybe is a philosophy major, where it's the study of the concepts and philosophies of, but it's not someone who's trained as a therapist or a psychologist. Right. Um, I'm trained in both, so I really kind of pull all that together. I did a doctoral program in clinical psych. I did a doctoral program in human sexuality and sexology. Also a licensed therapist in my sex therapy training. So I kind of pulled all in. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. There's like so much here. So you went to school like basically forever to like, and you're, I, yeah, I just finished a few years ago. <laughs> to, is that, okay, that, that's like, I miss it. I want to go back. That's incredible. So does that, does that mean like you're like amazing in bed? Is that really what it really I, means? I would hope so. I would hope at this point, like, if not, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I, I dedicated know, right? my life to? Well, you know, it's really funny. I find like the people when you're like not good at something, yeah. you become that person. Like a lot of times, psychi like the, the people who are the most screwed up are like the best psychiatrists yeah, or, that. you know, like the best trainers <laughs> or people who have all these like issues with like body image. Which and in some way I love that, right? Because they understand the new wants and they understand some of the struggle right, but right. I like to say that uh, I, I wish for myself or hold myself accountable to the same thing I hold my patients accountable to which is I catch things better with less severity and maybe sooner but I'm still a person and have my own struggles with all of that right 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 but I've done the work around my sexuality which means we're in a culture where people are holding back and not exploring because they're afraid of being slut shamed or it doesn't make them wife material or they won't be seen as desirable or respectful and we're afraid of being seen as sex addicts and homophobia is in there for some hetero guys not being willing to ask what they want and I've done that work so when you date me I'm very authentic I'm very confident I'm very open I'll ask for what I want Wow! You can't so, shock me, right? Well, you've probably heard it all and probably seen it all at this point, Pretty right? Much. So, what is like the most like when someone comes? Because you, ha like I said, besides all the other like extracurricular things you do for your yeah, career, yeah. you actually have your own practice, right? So, what would be like um, like a typical patient? I mean, there's no typical patient, sure, right? Sure. But give me some ideas or some things that people would come see yeah. you for. Okay. The number one thing in terms of couples is uh, low sexual desire or no sex. So it's a couple coming in right. where one of them is still wanting sexuality or they're bored and the other one is sitting there like, I'm good. Right. You know, I'm not that interested or I'm not that dynamic. So it's working with couples on trying to figure out if they want to stay together, how can we try to improve upon 
the boring sex that they're having. Also, the number one thing though, if, if I translated what everyone comes in with, it's essentially, am I normal? Am I okay as I am? People come right. in not feeling okay based on what they're thinking, what they're doing, what they're attracted to, what they're aroused by. Because they do like couples and sex therapy and general psychology. People just want to feel normal. People just want to feel okay. Right. And you kind of tell them that. Because it's not at all okay. I guess like you were saying, it's about like accepting who you are and how totally. you are. But you're right. I think that a lot of times like, is it, is, is it a myth? Like some people have a higher libido, some have a lower libido. And what do you do when you're in a, like a, like a couple has that situation? Yeah. Is it? Well, it's all contextual. Because right? right. you could be, you could be the lower libido person with one partner, but then enter a new relationship and all of a sudden you're the higher desire one. That's because right. they have such love. It's right. It's all relative right? to who you're totally. with. So I remind people that. Don't feel broken. It's in relationship to this person. You might also feel like the kinkiest person in the world because you're with someone very vanilla, but then you date someone else and it's reversed. Reverse, so yeah. tell people, like, you're okay as you are. Because again, we always have to start with like reducing shame. That's the number one thing I try to make my message about is psychological health is rooted in feeling okay about who you are. Right. And from that position, we can make all the changes we need. But making changes from a place of feeling bad or shame doesn't really stick. Also, isn't it like, a, I hope my mother doesn't listen to this episode, by the way, or my <laughs> husband off, for that mom. matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, is this sometimes as simple as like, what, like if you're just not attracted to that person as you sure. are to other people and like what happens in a situation when, cause I think sex is a really big part of obviously of a relationship for the intimacy. But thank you for saying that. Cause there's not a lot of people that really believe that. Some people think sex is just this side add on, not that important thing. And you shouldn't be focusing so much on that. And it's really about family and all that and it's like well no that's a beautiful resource for two people to have access to to stay close and feel close right we live in a hypersexualized culture so hypersexualized with all social media and everything Ooh. else like so how do you how do you desensitize yourself from that like and i think it's unbelievably it, it, it's like it's kind of like in a way not ignorant but kind of that if you don't have that sexual like component you've technically like lose a lot of like closeness and and relationship but not everyone agrees with what you just said and i love that you're saying that because you are but some people think it's just not an important level of intimacy or compatibility but do they convince themselves of that i think you, you your brain is very powerful right sure. you can convince yourself or convince yourself of something one way or another just That's right. by saying it and repeating it over and over in your brain your body won't always buy in and so you'd be going against your body but for the couples in my practice they have that other person who's like you might have bought into that I haven't and so I'm gonna ask for more and that's why we're in sex therapy and so right it's a funky moment because sometimes it's one of them having to admit I'm not attracted to you sexually and I never was but I find you attractive right and I love you and I love what we've built but yeah it was never there dr. Chris help us I, know, that, I think that <laughs> like, there's what you that just moment. said I think what you just said is the most, I think, very, very common. Yes. Especially with married people, yes. with kids. And believe me, I'm, I know I'm married with kids, and I'm pleased. It's not about my situation, but I've, it's like I feel like it's I'm going to be having like a personal therapy session with you on this Let's thing, but that's whatever. But like, how do you go back past that? Like, that's exactly, if, if you've never been attracted to them sexually, right. and you're not, you can't fake it, right? No. So like, does that mean the relationship is then like virtually over? Because... Even with you being a therapist, no matter how much you say to me, you know, like do this, act like this, you can't, you can't like physiology, like your your physiology can't just per, like make yourself like that. Person. And I don't want you to. And people will try to force their body and physiology to get aroused and show up to something they're not turned on by, and that's disembodiment, that's body negativity, that's sex negativity. Like, no, don't do that. So what I really try to do is, <clears throat> I'll tell you what I do on the front end and the back end. On the front end, I try to remind people that are single or dating, please have sex sooner than later. Please don't think that because I'm attracted to you or I like you and we get along, that sex is just going to work itself out. Because it doesn't. It's its own level of compatibility. You have to assess it before you get truly attached or move in together or whatever it is. That's a good that's a good piece of advice. Oh, I tell people, please, people think like we need to delay sex. And I'm like, you're delaying a huge piece of learning about yourself and the other person, because through sex we learn about our body shame, we learn about how much intimacy we want or can tolerate. Mm -hmm. Through sex we learn about communication and boundaries. We learn so much more about each other than we would over coffee. Right. Absolutely. Coffee I learned about your favorite TV shows. Big deal. You like Game of Thrones. Cool. Exactly. But it's in sex where I can really figure all that out. And um, it's important because like you said, you want access to that if you're going to be in a long-term monogamous relationship. Um, the culture we live in, your sexuality has to go somewhere. So if you end up in my office though and you never had that chemistry because you thought somehow it would 
work itself out magically, right? which is this bizarre cultural myth. Or um, the other stuff is more important. <clears throat> that's right. right. And for some people it is more important and they don't come in my office because it's enough of importance where they're like, it's cool that sex sucks. But for right. ones that don't, the work is twofold. One, trying to make it a little better. Cause like you said, you can't fake chemistry right? or sadly the work is mourning the loss of the sex life you thought you would have that you'll never have so how do you mourn that loss long therapy it's just it's it's a grief and loss work like you would if you lost a parent or a pet or a loved one it's losing your sex life that in order to be with this person i have to accept that i'm never going to have the sexuality i wanted to have or dreamed of having and the options are also be open have an open relationship i was going to say like bring a third isn't it okay like to like exactly so i was not what i was going to ask you is it is very possible and happens all the time that you could be super sexually compatible with mm. one person right. but like you have nothing else in common and like the relationship other than that piece is just not there that's right and then you can find someone that you get along with really well and like you're great friends but like there's no sexual attraction so then like as a life partner what do you do do you just become do you be do you, do you kind of have someone who's your great friend and then just kind of like you said mourn the fact that you don't have sex anymore or do you just kind of like is it i think people feel really shameful if they like go find like a sexual partner right. on the side yeah. but like if that's because of society society says that that's not right like if you're married and do this you should have all of that with one person which but is a really high bar it, of exactly like that you should find this one person and we should to do match. everything psychologically in terms of compatibility emotionally socially it's sexually it's a big ask and the fact ones that have found that like god bless but most of us won't and we'll have some kind of imbalance in one of those areas absolutely but the imbalances have to be meaningful based on what does feel connected so you're willing to hang in there but the people in my office it doesn't where they're like i love you and i love our family but like what's missing is important because it's not even just sex sometimes it's affection and yeah. sensuality that's not really compatible over there so it's broader, it's the whole thing it's not broader. it's just not i know i'm not saying not just, just i'm not just right? saying intercourse i'm yeah. saying like the whole the whole um i guess the whole the whole element of it that's all right. like the touching the affection the whatever like the just the sexual chemistry or physical chemistry it's even. massive it's uber important because think about it one of the most beautiful things we have with people we're dating is that after a long rough day we can cuddle with them mm -hmm. we can hold their hand we have someone looking in our eyes that was been that's been thinking about us all day long like that's under the umbrella of sexuality that's right. all tied in there and that's stunning we need that psychologically i agree so what do you see, what do you see mostly like are you trying to get people to get over the shame of, of thinking outside the box like you said of like okay if that's not a component in your relationship it's okay to look outward and to kind of fill that gap right. like is that what you kind of tell people to do a lot of times it's quite radical i mean i my job is to initiate a conversation around what all the options are and all the options scare people because a lot of couples right. don't want to be told you're not meant to be monogamous let's start there right. and they're like what and i'm like yeah we have to own that we're adults in this room like let's start there right that doesn't mean you're going to go into non-monogamy but we're going to talk about the fact that that's an option or mourning the loss of what you had, or trying to tweak what you have. I also have sent people to workshops so they can learn new techniques, because sometimes it's just technique where they haven't had a lot of sex. It's the other thing, have a lot of sex, so that when you are in a monogamous relationship, you've learned skills. Sex yeah. is a level of development that doesn't just arise on its own. That's a good point, that's, that's a good point. We don't like, talk about sexual like, development though. Go have sex while you're single, have a so lot of true, sex. It's so true though, it's like anything else. They say it takes to be really, to perfect anything, you need 10,000 hours of work. Why do we leave sex out of that one thing? I don't know and it's the That's most my job it's, it's a them. fundamental part of your life yes and people yes. like because like again i keep on saying this but like i think there's a lot of like shame and you feel like guilty and bad and there's a lot of like emotional like screwed upness yeah. and like psychological issues with it you know That's why i write my books because there's very few books written from my field that are truly sex positive that are talking about things in this way a lot of them regurgitate the same issues and that's why I have an issue with a lot of these like dating coaches that aren't what's a dating coach that's like nonsense they probably can't find a date most that's of my people. issue is a lot of them don't have enough training and so they'll I, I did an episode of the doctors and I won't say with who but there's a dating coach there and he kept saying this really sex negative sexist stuff and he's basically saying to the audience and they were nodding with him and I was horrified you know a woman should delay having sex or she shows she's not wife material and I thought what a disempowered thing you're saying to all the females in our culture and in the audience that if they have sex too soon they're not wife material like really if they're yeah. sexually empowered and they feel okay about that and they're trying to get to know their bodies and their partner's body that they're not wife material and everyone in the audience is nodding along that is so sexist it's right. not 1970 but that's the 
think I think with so many things, like you said, we're so like we're it's a very sexualized society. However, yeah. there's such tradition still. The baseline, the the I guess the bones of it are still very traditional, yep. where people still feel badly or guilty when they think outside that box or when they think of op like options or they want to they want a girl is always like you said slut shamed always. if they want to do that as opposed to like thinking the opposite which is they're taking they're taking the initiative taking the power taking this there's such a double standard between yes. men and women and it's changing a little bit but it's slow moving it's slow moving it's very slow moving. some of the research is finally showing <laughs> that like the and this isn't now here, I want to walk you through this because when I said this somewhere else people went all in but uh, women are now taking over as the uh, gender that's cheating more now cheating yes. is a horrible thing to do okay. of all the ways to manage whatever's going on that you're bored you want to leave the relationship you want a different kind of sex whatever it is that's the worst way to go about doing it like speak to your partner first find other solutions but what I do like about it is it's a sign that women are more sexually empowered more willing to assert their sexuality more willing to own that we have a sex drive we used to tell women that they don't have a sex drive that it's more receptive that a man has to initiate it for them and I'm working with these women in my practice that are like I want to have sex right. I want someone to smack my ass and tell me I'm hot <laughs> You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. I work with women and it breaks my heart that have been in a relationship or married for 10 years and they still haven't discussed with their partner the positions they like in which they orgasm because they're afraid to express their sexuality because right. they're of what like their husband Yeah, think. really? That's heartbreaking. Would you say that... Um, so I, why, okay, so you think... Why, so why do you think that women are more the dominant in terms of the cheating right now? You say because they're now getting they're feeling more, the, the more of the sexual empowerment. They're working more, and a lot of women are meeting these partners at work. We have technology, and they're feeling comfortable asserting themselves. And what would you say, like, for like men, okay, for both, I want, I want your opinion for men and okay. women. What's the number one thing that men are, is men are all visual, right? Or is it more so. Or the women? Like, what's the one thing women are most attracted to and the one that men are most attracted to? I would say... To? The, we, one the one quality. I would say we can't speak in those terms anymore, and I'm thankful for that. Okay. It's so... It's broadening, and people are starting to step outside of these old-school, traditional, like, concepts and ideas. Um... So I don't, I, I can't, I couldn't say because what I'm happy to now speak on is that it's kind of different for everybody. And I like that because a lot of people feel shamed if they're not the standard male. Because a lot of guys will hear that. Men are traditionally dot, dot, dot. And so if I'm not focused on that, aroused by that or into that, then there's something wrong with me. So I try to just kind of avoid those concepts. Okay, so you don't like... It's more about authenticity. Right, so you don't like putting anybody in boxes. Correct. So you won't be able to say, oh, for women, they like... Because I would say I like guys who are super confident. Right. Or who have like... Who like feel comfortable in their own skin. I don't yeah. think that would be necessarily even like a putting it in the box. I would right. think most people would like that. Yeah, but I work with some people where they like the more shy, quiet. But you could still be shy and... I think you could be super shy yeah. and quiet, but still have like a sense of like comfortable in your skin 100 right well, because it's about uh, intimacy and a lot of us want to feel connected to when we're with someone mm -hmm. and so a lot of us prefer people that occupy space have a presence vocalize something it's really hard to be with people that are really introspective and internalized really yeah do you think opposites attract or is that just a myth um I think it's a myth, and I don't know that I really believe in opposites. Um, a lot of the people I work with, it's funny, this, this, the very thing that they fell in love with their partner about also is the same thing that they hate about their partner. Yeah, it's you know? always, of course. Right, it's like, it's like you can't have one without the other. Absolutely, right? but I feel this is like, you're, this is all based in like, psycho, like psychology, like you said. This sure. is like with everything in life, I feel. You know, like like you just said, like everything, like all the things that you like about the person ends up being the things you hate about 100%. them. 100%. It's just, but why is that? Um, I, I think because, it, you know, it's like, I think about people in my life. So I like to date people that are very dynamic and a little wild and a little bit of a rule breaker. And that's really stunning to me. That's really inspiring. That's intriguing. But then I get overwhelmed by it sometimes, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, can't you just be consistent? <laughs> yeah. Can't you just chill Stable. out a little bit? Can't you just stabilize? <laughs> um, it's just human nature. You know, we like the shiny object. That's so true. But then true. we don't want to stick around and do the work that's required to like be around that or maintain that. We want it easy, we but it's not. Relationships aren't. So you like that. So does that, even if you know, so you being a professional in yes. this area and you know better and you know how that is, do you still tend to date that? So go, not date, do you still go after that? 
Because you're single. I am. Right. So do you still... But that's a sign of health. I've had people say, oh, well, you're single and you work in the relational field. That can't make sense. I'm like, it's a healthy sign that I've left the relationships I've left. It's a healthy sign that... And I'm always in multiple relationships. Like, I'm I'm single in that I'm not in a committed monogamous relationship, but I'm not single in that I am talking to people. I am going on dates. I do have relationality of all different kinds in my life. So you were saying earlier, I was asking you off of this thing, like, are you you heterosexual or whatever? You said that you're sexually fluid. Yes. So can you explain... Because I've been to so many terminologies that, like, I, I'm like so like farmish. I'm so I'm so confused by yes. all the different things. So, yes. what does that mean? You'll every get, week there's like five new ones. I, I, and then you feel on all not <laughs> like only that, that I feel bad even running saying, list. "Are you gay?" Is the sure. word "gay" okay still? Yeah, yeah, you can still sling that around. You can, I can still sling the word "gay" around. Okay, so what's not what's not like politically PC now? Um, don't call someone a transvestite or a crossdresser. That's uh, not good. The broad word is just transgender. Okay. Um, what was the other one I heard the other day, and I thought, yeah, don't say that anymore. So, so why do you have? So yes. you're just saying to me, this is an interesting sure. thing. You're saying about like kind of getting away from like societal what society says is right, wrong, whatever. Yeah. But then you're saying that this is not right. This is not right for people who are like kind of like an ignoramus like me for this in this yeah. area. Yeah. Like then, like I'm being you know shunned because i'm not using no. the right terminology you're, you're i would say this it's all in how you approach like you're you're approaching it with compassion and, care. and curiosity and so that yeah. there's, there's that's okay and right. you're allowed to you're not supposed to enter subcultures understanding all their dynamics and even though i'm a part of a lot of them i still don't understand them all and i'm still a guest in some of them really and so as long as you know the, the general vibe is as long as you're curious and you're asking because you want to respect right them, that's exactly that's okay. okay it's the people that push back and say things like i don't want to learn your pronouns it's right like, oh i why? want to learn them exactly yeah, yeah, i don't want yeah. to be i don't want to be offensive it's important for people that have any minority status to feel like they're represented and that's why some of these labels are meaningful they can build community they feel like they're legitimized they right. feel like they exist um it garners you know some respect okay so then go on so you oh so it's actually fluid yeah. so it's it's no, wait, transgender oh. is the right you said for, well, get transgender would be the word i would use i would give people to use for anyone that's outside of like um the standard male female expression of gender but isn't there two things i think like when you get, <clears throat> get the surgery what is that called we we still kind of just use the word trans whether you're have had uh, reassignment or affirmative therapy or not, we still just kind of go with trans. Okay, yeah. and then, but why Why is it offensive to call someone a cross-dresser if that's what they're... Only because that traditionally was a pejorative, and okay. that traditionally was based in heterosexual identified men that like to wear women's clothing for sexual purposes. Gotcha. So to call someone who is living in the world feeling as though the gender they were assigned at birth isn't really who they are, and to call them a cross-dresser, gotcha. okay. it just puts them in that box with that, like, you know... I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what's 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 gender fluid? Is that the other one? Gender fluid is one too. Okay, yeah. what's, what's this one? So fluid usually just implies not living consistently with one identity, but kind of moving around. So gender fluidity would be someone who maybe one day feels more comfortable with a male presentation, but then the next day more of a female presentation. Um, identify sexually fluid, which isn't tied to that. Okay, what's sexually fluid then? Oh my God, <laughs> so, I should get a notepad here. I okay. know, <laughs> I know. It, it, it's a lot. Um, for me, it's important just because I, I, the work I do, I don't want any aspect of my sexuality denied or not recognized. But you know, I was raised in a heterosexual culture and I dated women and had sex with women and it made a lot of sense to me and then I had an experience where I had this girlfriend and she was like make out with my best friend who was a guy and I was like okay yeah and it just started to create this like acknowledgement of expansiveness but in that at that time I was led to believe that if you were interested in men well then you're gay so I started moving towards that community and what's funny is the hetero community rarely says hey have you thought about being with the dude and the gay community never says hey when's the last time you're with a girl is that still part of your... Yeah. So I moved into the gay world, and I was like, I guess I'm gay, because I didn't have any other options. Um, and then I started running with a more advanced crowd that was like, you're allowed to kind of like everyone. And then I started also recognize I had an interest, and I dated someone who's trans. And so I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, so, so when they... Did they okay, so did the trans person have surgery or not surgery? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I dated a trans man who, um, who had not had any kind of gender, um, affirming th- surgery of any kind. So a trans man. So he's a man or a woman though. He was someone who was born, assigned, uh, the gender female and then now identifies as male. Okay. But I'm I can see, oh I can see my God. So then does he, ha- that, so he does not have a penis or he does have a penis? Um, he has a vagina. Okay. So then. 
Okay. And then how is he a guy then? Uh, because gender, gender is something we di- we diagnose ourselves with. You know, gender this is, is where about... This is I get confused. This is the no, part it's okay. that's so confusing. So the way we usually look at it is sex, sex is traditionally tied to your anatomy. So your sex is based traditionally on what your anatomy looks like. Okay. So if you have a vagina, your sex would be female. If you have a penis, mm-hmm. your sex would be male. But gender is how we kind of present ourselves to the world. Got it. Okay. So gender is what I'm looking at. Excuse me. Okay, so how does he look like a man if he... Because he, like, he, he looks like a man. He presents as a man, dresses like a man, embodies masculinity. Do you have a picture? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Okay, this is so this is so fascinating and interesting. The world is colorful. It is. So then what are you now? Are you now... So now gender fluid. So then that was... Now you've been with a gen- transgender, male, female. Now what is your... Um, uh, preference. Oh my God. I'm open. <laughs> to any, okay, so right now... You're making did, me sweat. I know, sorry. It's going to get worse, honey. No, I'm kidding. Are you, are you um, mm. dating anyone right now, though? Um, yes. Are they men? Female? I mean, what's really, what's really wild is up until a month ago, I was dating uh, a male couple. So I was dating two people that were in a relationship, and I was um, like a third. So it's technically called a thruple. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, this is amazing. I mean, what's really funny is it just, it sounds... Is that, yeah. is that a name, a thruple? Yeah, yeah, three people together in a relationship. And it was really interesting when we purposefully walked down the street holding hands together, people would be doing like triple takes. Like three people in a row holding hands. No way, like, seriously? Yeah, this is happening. How long was that going on for? A couple months. Uh, you know, it's up north though. I live down here and I work a lot. I work like 14 hour days, so it just I know. was really hard We haven't even gone into any of your other yeah. work because you're so fascinating. Yeah, so. that was hard to pull off. Um... So, you know, but again, like, I think, I assume you're much like me in that, and you might not relate to this, but I feel like this is still what you very much do, where, like, our work and our lives are very much the same, and so you live your work, meaning, Absolutely true. Okay. So I'm always living my work, so I'm always, like, doing my work, like, my internal work, which is tied to my work out in the world, so even though I'm not the type of person that needs to flaunt, I'm dating two people, I'm like, well, I'm going to. Yeah. Because that's me, um as an activist showing the world that this is healthy. Absolutely and so I'll true. publicly talk about that to publicly normalize that where most people are like, you don't need to be so open about it. But I'm like, but I do. Yeah. Right. I need to promote what I'm promoting and I need to live it. And so watch me live it. You're so likable. Thank you. Like in any, in any gender, sex, Thank whatever. You. Like, so, so you really are. Like, Thank you. You're welcome. So then let me ask you. So then is bi is now the bisexual word been now replaced with the word fluid? The problem is bisexual means uh male and female i like males and females the the way that sexually fluid exists is people that also might like people that are neither neither of that so there's people Mm. that don't necessarily identify as male or female necessarily and there's people that you know are maybe um non-gender conforming and so it's just a wider net I know it's very like no, specific, it's very spe- but but then I so now that you have you have such experience, such yes. a vast experience with yes. so many different genders, people, whatever. <laughs> what do you prefer the most? Do you like female sex, male sex? Oh, that's a good one. Um, do you want me to really blow your mind? Yes, blow it. Okay, I want you to. So we're now talking also about romantic versus sexual. So there's a romantic orientation versus a sexual orientation. So what you might be sexually attracted to doesn't mean that's what you want romantic relations with. So I right. That's what I said to you uh, earlier. Right. In the so podcast. it's separated out a little bit. Right. So I tend to be very like sexually fluid, pansexual, where I have sex with all gender expressions. But in my romantic dating life, I tend to skew more towards dating men. In romantic Correct. dating life. But in the sex sexual, world, casual dating, yeah, all genders. All genders. Yes. Now you also just said, said pansexual. <laughs> What's pansexual? <laughs> I've heard it before. Yeah, it basically just kind of means all. So it's basically a sexual fluid, term for sexual fluid. You can just go with that, where it's just kind of everything. Where bisexual just means men and female. Pan and sexually fluid means and everything inside and outside of that that doesn't have a label. So it does sound to me, just from like everything you said sure. to me, that you do skew more male. Like Correct. You, you, in everything. Sure. You're more attracted to yes. the, male, the yes. male thing yes. than the female. Like, so, okay, so that's... but. But like you're open to everything, but you're more so now. Like just to get into like now that you do your um, Love Line show, yes. right? Nightly radio show, Love oh, Line. Love Line. Is it people just calling in with any question, well, like a Doctor Ruth? Kids like, don't like the phones these days. So I we, know. So we, what do you do? We do a lot of. Uh, we have a segment called Twice. Uh, so it's two hours show each hour. We have slide into the DMs, so people will more frequently send their questions through DMs on the Love Line page. 
Really? Yeah, which is difficult because I'm reading their question. I'm not able to engage them. Sometimes they call in, but it's a lot more DMs. People don't pick up the phone. Right. That's our new. Yeah. That's the new norm that's right, right now. And so, people are used to podcasts where you can't call in. Right. So it, my show is live radio show in 28 cities. We're in every city across country, but it's also podcasted. So I think people still think in terms of podcast, where a lot of our listeners will stream it live because you can stream it live or listen on the radio, but still think in terms of podcasting. And that's so, so interesting and then yeah, what's your strange world so with your podcast yeah. again what do you guys talk you and amber rose talk about everything everything right like, that's more geared towards our personal lives somehow we we talk about we get a lot of callers on that show right um we and how'd you end up with her, her of all people it's so fascinating yeah. so i was work. i was doing co-hosting the doctor's daytime show that production company was doing the amber rose show on vh1 and they were like let's do a, a chemistry test because we might want you to do a segment and i was like oh gosh i'm good i'm like apples and oranges yeah i didn't know her well enough and i thought there is no compatibility there 20 seconds in what's her background because i really don't know much um, kanye west was her so she yeah she dated kanye west and wiz khalifa and so she built her name that way but she's definitely become a force in feminism current fourth wave feminism where it's sex positive body positive every year she okay. does the slut walk which is sponsored by like reebok and pepsi and it's to raise money oh, for wow. sexual assault victims it's downtown i speak of that every year we have twenty thousand people that come out to pershing oh, wow. square so she's really working her ass off so we we hit it off where we kept looking at each other and i was like oh my god she's like yeah dude and we're like fist bumping and she's like and she was like you got to be on my show and so we did the show and we became besties and then we started uh doing work together with the slut walk and uh we got the podcast and just kind of took the world by storm so your podcast you just kind of talk about your life and her life pretty much we'll talk about topics a little bit but we just we're it's like two friends sitting there laughing talking about our sex lives or dating lives so like i had to get comfortable quick really putting my truth out there where clients are listening to my podcast and they're like hearing about a blowjob i got the week before I was just going to ask you about that. Like, is but that here's where's of... my activism. Okay. I honestly do believe, and we frame it under this concept called respectability politics, where we sadly believe that in order to be seen as respectable and, and competent, that you have to be a certain way. And that's why I show my tattoos. I'll lecture at a top university, UCLA, USC, or whatever it is, and I'll show my tattoos. As a way to remind everyone, I can have tattoos and be a doctor and mm -hmm. be taken very seriously, and my work is well-respected. I can talk about my sex life, and there should be no shame in acknowledging I have a sex life and talking about it, and still go to the office and have a successful a successful practice and publish books. Right. We have to allow people to be all of those things. And right. so I try to embody that. As opposed to, you're still right, because people are always like, if you're doing this, you have to wear a suit. You've got no. you you to play a part. And Everyone I wants played to... that in the beginning. Right. I used to wear long sleeve shirts in my office. I was on the doctors wearing long sleeve shirts. And luckily, my mentor and the producer on the show one day said, wear a short sleeve shirt. And I said, all the other doctors are in white lab coats. And I'm going to sit there like this. I'm going to be a joke. And he's like, right. no, go out there and be real and I was like damn and I did and it worked and people in the audience would be like we love you Dr. Chris we love your tattoos like you normalize my childhood home that's tattoos I always wanted one but as a doctor I didn't think I could or people write into me saying you let me know that as a single doctor I can be on a dating app and a client or a patient can see me on the app and I can be like yeah I'm dating too right exactly like you're just being real and I that's feel right. like a, a lot of people like prefer, like they prefer it and they like appreciate it right. but then why again is there such a stigma of that still thing of you have to like look a certain part and be a certain way like you said like you think it's ha it's happening slowly that we're, right. where it's becoming a less and less of a situation but it's still not there yet but that's why people like me and you have to keep showing off authentically we're like you're not wearing a ball gown today because no, you think you have to present a ball <laughs> <laughs> or whatever your version God, of that no. would be. Yeah, exactly. But it's important for people in... I am one of those people where I hold people with larger platforms accountable to using that towards something transformative and positive. Right. Um, and so I just keep asking everyone to kind of be an activist in their own way and keep normalizing diversity and whatnot. Yeah, you keep, and you, you just keep on like pressing it and pressing uh, yes, it. Yes, over and over. That's all I do. My All my social media is curated to try to normalize diversity, to try to hold space for people of minority identity and just keep lifting everyone up on my wow. shoulders. You're very different than the than Dr. Drew doing Love Line. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, God bless him. But at his, he, he did it in a very different time. And I hear some of the old shows and I'm like, yikes, very right. shamey. I wouldn't have said that. Really? My show's way more sex positive, body positive. I don't think everything is the result of a trauma and you better go get therapy because your husband wears your underwear. Like, support him. Right. Tell him okay, to wear so proudly. I was going to ask to put it on. Buy some for him. That's amazing. So you're like, so do you guys get along then? It's like, what's your relationship with him? Um, we see the, the world. We see the world very differently. He right. lovingly passes the baton, but we see the world very differently, and um, we work very differently. And uh, 
there's space for everyone. Okay, so tell me. Don't be so shy. <laughs> now you're being shy. You're telling about like how you're like you know screwing around three men at the same time. Yeah, like, now you're nervous about talking about Doctor Drew. The Loveline Legacy was has been around for 25 years, and I'm and I'm blessed to take it forward, and I'm blessed right. to be the one who's taking it where the fuck it needs to go, okay. because people respect that, and people need access to experts that are really giving them healing information, and that show traditionally didn't do that, where they had comedians that were just mocking things, God bless Adam Carolla. Oh, you know, just right, really... it's right. But there's people like Emily Morris and Dr. Drew, where that was their vehicle, their claim to fame, and so um, it's been, it's, it's progressing and moving forward, and it's really hard to see something you're a part of move forward without you at times. But isn't Dr. Drew an addiction specialist? Yes. Not a sex therapist, right? So it's not, how did, why why was he the love line? I don't even understand how it was like love line just so happened to be that way. You're asking the guy who has built an entire career on training, getting certified in the field of sexuality and relationality. And so it is frustrating to me to see people swooping into the field and making a mess because they don't have their training, clinical experience, um, or the know-how. And so there's a lot of people in the sex and therapy angle, whether they're a coach, a life coach, or a psychiatrist, and they don't have the training. And so they do damage, and they end up in my office and I have to clean it up. Wow. So you think? So you don't believe then in like sexual addiction? Absolutely not. You think it's no. just like a, a silly, you know, terminology? <sighs> it, you know, again, it's used by people that aren't trained in the field. Uh, all the national organizations have rejected it. Uh, the Psychological Association, Psychiatric Association, the body that certifies sex therapists. Uh, I'm the clinical director of education for the Sexual Health Alliance. So I travel the country training doctors, nurses, and MDs in sex, sex therapy. Wow. And I'm always reminding them it's just not a real thing. Um, you know, until I see a client in Whole Foods, or until I see an individual in Whole Foods masturbating or having sex because they just can't stop, right? it's not an addiction. It's, it's a struggle, but I don't go into my waiting room and have people in there having sex because they're like, doc, I can't stop. Exactly. But drugs and alcohol, they will. They'll be high and drunk at the supermarket taking their kids to school because they can't. So we have to talk about problematic sexuality as though it's problematic. Maybe it feels difficult, but we can stop. It's just hard for us. And a lot of times it's also people not understanding that they have a higher sex drive or that they're kinky. And so a lot of the things that get called a sex addiction are just higher sex drive people, people that are into something kinky, um, a partner shaming them because you know the wife is upset that the husband prefers porn to the sex right. that they're But isn't having. that something when guys are like all into porn? Like there's, Depends, there's some right? people who are like, like are so into porn that they like it does interfere with their life. Sure. Like they're watching porn sure. all day. And that's or, problematic. And right? would that be considered a sex addiction? No. Porn addiction. Uh, I wouldn't use the word porn addiction as much. I would just say, you know, if if your husband is watching football for six hours on a Sunday, drinking beer and not helping clean the house or give you attention, you wouldn't call him an addict. You just say it's kind of jerky. Redirect your priorities. Mm -hmm. I'd say the same thing. That's interesting. You know. Then why is there sex addicts anonymous or not like you know like there's. Because Isn't that like what thing? Yeah, you have really Alcoholics is. Anonymous. Yeah. You have NA. You have you know narcotics. People, people misunderstood and thought that anything that looks compulsive or problematic, you could use the same drug and alcohol twelve-step model on it, and you can't. Because if someone, you don't need drugs and alcohol in your life to have amazing long love, you know, mm -hmm. for life. Uh, sex, you do. You right. you can't call it bad and spend your life avoiding it, becoming sexually anorexic. You have to find a way to encounter your sexuality. Because remember, sexuality is everything. Sexuality is like how close we're sitting. Mm -hmm. Sexuality is eye contact we're making with each other. Sexuality is what I'm wearing today. Like, think about that. Like, yeah. sexuality is always operating on us. We can't be addicted to something that's always operating on us. But how about food addiction? You get you have to eat every day. You, you do. I wouldn't so, I would I don't believe in food addiction. I believe in food compulsivity. I believe in people oh. um, using it as a maladaptive coping mechanism, but I don't believe in it as an addiction because a natural healthy process, we just can't use that model. So it's not the reason why I don't like the terms is because it's the treatment model when you're using an addictive model that's problematic. Got it. So it's more of a well isn't isn't like a compulsive uh, synonym for addiction kind no. of No. And people think it is, yeah. right? Where compulsivity means that I'm, um, in, in the use of this said thing, food or sex, I'm feeling out of control when I'm engaging it. But that doesn't mean you're addicted to it. Because the addiction mm -hmm. model is one of a neurological thing and we need to remove it from our lives and the treatment is about keeping distance from it. And with sex and food, you just can't. See, I had a friend a few years back who had to, who got a divorce because her husband was a sex addict, or what they called a sex right. addict, because he was like screwing around with like all these girls. You know what that's called? You know what it's called? He's a jerk. Yeah, I was gonna say. Don't let him off the hook with that label. Like that's being a jerk. And then he all to, cheaters are addicts. No, they're jerks. Right. That's so true. Because then he's <laughs> going to NA, like a sex addict. Here's was, the thing. Yeah. If he was addicted, 
He would, yeah. like, if, if we were really food addicts, I would be grabbing food out of people's hands as I'm walking down the street because I'm addicted and can't stop. I'd be jerking people off as I'm walking through the mall. Right. Okay, but, <laughs> but if, I, if I can plan to cheat, if I can wait until my wife is out of town, right. get to the hotel, pay and set it up, that's not an addiction. Right, so that's more like calculated. You're a jerk. Right. Tiger Woods was a jerk. That's so funny. That Harvey Weinstein it. is a sexist, power-hungry predator jerk. jerk but he's not an addict okay but how about food people he chose specific people at specific times when no one was around to do those things 100 yes. percent. okay and i guess with food though because i would say i'm just putting sex and food together sure. because of the addiction uh, slash sure, sure, that sure. you don't think is a because you have to eat every day you gotta have sex you know at least once in a yeah. while i guess you don't have to but you know right. it's like a whatever the point is so with food though like Sometimes, like, I'm not hungry, for example, yeah. but the food's right there, sure. and I'm like, oh my God, I need to eat that right now, and I will not be able uh, to stop thinking about it until sure. I eat that entire, you know, pizza. It's a, it's a struggle with impulsivity. It's a struggle with appetite of drives that we have. So it's, com it's more like impulse. Inc yeah, impulse I would go more that model, and the work would be around learning impulse control, boundaries, checking with yourself, like, what am I trying to use this food or sex to solve? Some people confuse loneliness with horniness. You're not horny, you're lonely, go call a friend, go on a date. You're not hungry, you're sad or depressed is there a way to you know really dismantle and work on that because the food won't do that for you and right. so that's the perspective I that's take that's a good one too loneliness versus horniness that's totally. so true 100% I bet you people confuse those two all the time all the time that's all true. the time sex is only job the only job of sex is pleasure fun intimacy connection it's not supposed to meet a lot of other needs that we put upon it so like so let's just talk about sex with like success in life right beautiful is it important to perhaps to have I mean a lot of times when people are trying to like get to a certain place, right? Like they eliminate sex. Like when yeah. when boxers or people who are trying to get to the next place, like, right? They yeah. have to like shut out women or whatever right. or like sex or relationships Good luck, or you dating. Because you can't. You, can't. Right. you have eyeballs. Right. But what happens is they become very tunnel vision right. and focused and they very much myopic in like climbing ladders. Like, okay, I can't deal with women. It's going to distract me. So like... What do you think about all of that stuff? I think it's ridiculous and I think it's a mess. I think it's ridiculous because you literally can't remove sexuality. I will always be, because I have eyes, will be oriented towards attractive things in the world. Right. And when I see it in front of me, which I can't avoid seeing on a billboard or at the gym in front of me or in a magazine, I'm going to get an arousal. I'm going to get into an arousal state. Right. We have to learn how to carry that with us. We right. have to learn how to allow that. We have to learn how to let that libidinal energy drive us and push us forward versus shaming and pushing it away. Because what it really is is just energy, creative energy, horniness, it's all just a buildup of energy, and we can choose what we do with that. Sex offenders and people like Harvey Weinstein, they haven't been trained that just because you're aroused doesn't mean you have to do something about it. Carry it with you all day. Right. That's and, true. And so I remind people, like, it's not something to be afraid of or to avoid. It's something you can avoid. Don't be afraid of it. Learn to work with it. Learn to see the beauty in it. Well, I think people feel that they get, like, then it comes with a whole other laundry list of shit. Like, it comes with attachment. It comes with then, like, emotional, you know, Yeah, that's life. Learn how to manage that. My God, you can't have a successful right. life without relationality or sexuality in it. It's coping mechanisms all sure. around, right? Yeah. But when people are trying to be successful, when they're at the, you know, they're trying to be successful, or, they, or people who are successful, they feel like sex can be... Um, it can, a deterrent for their life. But you know what right? I'd say to those people? I'd say, what I'm learning is that for you historically, dating relationships and sex, you've chosen to have it with the wrong people, people that were conflictual or made it messy. Choose healthier people. Because the people I didn't have sex with, they only enhance my life. They make it better. I always want it there. They push me forward. They're a support. When I think of them, I feel love and care. I don't feel stress or neediness. It right. shouldn't be depleting. So if relationships and sex feel to you like something depleting or anxious, you're having sex with the wrong people and you need a better experience of what's available because relationships should push us forward. So what do you think of all these apps now and, and like, how, like how do people find this? Because yeah. especially in LA, right? People, yeah. Or Metropolitan, LA, New York. I'm on all the apps. You're in all the apps? Absolutely. Which yeah. ones are you on? All of them. I'm are you on, on Grindr? Does, does that still exist? That bad boy's still going strong. Oh, wow. I'm on, okay. I'm on Hinge, I'm on Bumble, and I'm on Tinder. Uh, I work 14-hour days. I just worked two months straight with no weekends off traveling for my book and lecture tour and my practice and my radio show. It's the only way I have access to other single people that, in theory, want right. to date. I manage it appropriately where I make my needs known. I'm not looking to hook up. There's nothing wrong with that. I went through hookup culture, but right. I'm very much in a relational stage where I want romance and the you know other things. Um, 
I'm cautious. I get them on the phone right away. I get them offline right away. I meet them as soon as possible. I don't build relationships online only for weeks. I get them on the phone. Right. That assesses if they're really serious. But I find these apps a lot of times because of volume. Yeah. It, you could find someone really great and then because you know it's just one swipe away, you don't take anyone That's right. seriously. Because like, we're think both it's, talking to 45 other people at the same absolutely. time. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's become, the, I think, not like, I'm, I'm obviously not on these apps, but like it's a demise of our culture because you don't give anyone a real shot anymore more because you always think what's better you know that's right over there the tyranny of too many options yeah that's why for me i try to make it work for me and if i match with someone we'll talk a little bit and i'll say here's my number text me and if that's too quick or too fast for you then you're not really interested in what i'm looking for right because right. the right person for me would be like oh my god right on let's exactly, do this exactly exactly and then i'll get them on the phone so i can hear your voice and talk to you and i'll be like what are you doing tomorrow night is that too soon for you if so you're not the right one for me because right. i'm really motivated and assertive so you sit them out you, you basically weed them out really I fast sure do. really i'm sure but also you're probably like a hot commodity in your in your community right like uh, you're so cute and you're likable and you're successful and you have this and that sometimes my you. work overwhelms and intimidates people i've been slut shamed because of my work where i've literally was told actually by someone my friend said do you really want to date him because the kind of work he does and i thought what kind of work do I do like right. how have you translated the that's kind of so work crazy I do? because you're so like I would think because of your knowledge and your openness that would be like a, a I've benefit. also been told by people I care too much that I care too much about all these isms and these social injustices and they're like oh my god stop caring so much about this flyer for this bar and who's not being included and I'm at the doctor's office saying you do realize your intake form only says male or female not everyone identifies that way that might feel oppressive to other people can you add a blank space like I'm that guy you are that guy and so oh, like god. oh my god <laughs> Okay. I swear I'm fun too. Sure? No, I swear I'm so Jesus. fun. I'm so fun. So what do you do so when, when you go to a doctor's office or you go, where do you, do you say a male, female? What do you say you are? I, I'm fun. I swear I'm fun. Okay. Now, see, now you're triggering. I don't know. I mean, you sound like you're, you're it's all the above. It's all the above. But here's the thing. Like, so I'll flip it on you. Uh oh. So let's say you were single. I have to believe you'd be one of those people that would be like, um, um, aware of like where you're going to eat maybe or what you're Very. eating what they look like and so that's your version of my version right where yeah. if I'm dating someone and they're like oh I can't eat at a restaurant today I'm like I know? totally no 100% that's my version it's like, but it's what we do it's like what we eat how much we're eating where sure. we're going if it's clean enough not clean but also forget about that I'm single not single yeah. on the sexual stuff I actually understand and I relate to a lot of what you're saying so I think there's so many things right now or not right now I've always said I, I'm very much I'm always like a person who beats to my own drum and I yeah. find it very difficult sometimes in a society where especially with where I am in my life and I'm a Jewish girl and da 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 like I'm this Jewish too. You're Jewish? Chris? Fifteen percent. Okay. I'm hundred and thirty percent. Yeah. I'm Israeli, so I just found this out, so it's new for me. Fifteen percent. Yeah. Wow. Well, Just welcome to the out. tribe. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks welcome. for having me. You're welcome. And you're a nice addition. <laughs> Thank you. You're a very nice addition. <laughs> Thank you. But there's a lot of like traditional norms or like social norms. And it's like, it's very difficult to get out of that box. You 100%. Know what I mean? A lot of people don't value that, right? Right. Think, and they don't value that. You think like, that they would. E even though you said earlier about authenticity, like everyone's like, when like there's some people they're like oh I love that she's so real and authentic and I'll say whatever and I'll right, do whatever right. but there are a lot of people who are like she's so blunt and she's like too she's crazy she's crazy you know like that's like the the word for someone who's like not but it's like we were saying before the how there's the good and the bad with that element that you like in someone. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it's like people will meet me and they love how outgoing I am and how loud and accepting and I'm so fun because I'm always happy. I'm pretty much always in a good mood because I yeah. like my life. I like my work. I get to heal people. But then but they get nice frustrated way, by a nice way. Yeah, they Thank get frustrated. They'll be like, it's 10 o'clock. Can you take it down or not? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, like, can you stop talking so much? Exactly. And it's like, but babe, that's why you love me, but not after 8 p.m. Apps. That's so <laughs> true. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I'll, you know, dress how I want to certain things. And they'll be like, can't you? Blah, blah, blah. And you it's like, normal. let me be myself. That's so crazy. It's a wild world out there. It yeah. is a wild world, but you've made it work for you. Like that's the reality of it. Like you've kind of like I'm blessed in that because it's I very much couldn't have right. Like you as well. Like you're very successful, and we could have somehow gotten derailed. But I, I'll tell you, my success is based on me believing in myself and never, never deterring from what makes sense to me. I turned right. down. I turned down two huge. 
uh, Bravo TV shows that probably would have made me a household name on billboards. It wasn't right for me. Which shows were they? Um, one of them was about, um, I think Emily Morris might have been on. One of them was about uh, sex or doctors in LA. I don't even remember the name I of it. I totally, a couple, two or three years ago maybe, was that, that? Yeah, I was, I was supposed to be the one guy's role and they used someone else. And well, the, sh the show flopped. It did. It didn't do And anything. my first TV show, I did a TV show called Bad Sex, two seasons on Logo, and Bravo originally was going to do it, uh, but they wanted part of it in my reality about my life. The show's about me doing sex therapy. It's a really great show. And I said no, because at that time I wasn't ready to make my life a reality show. Really? And so I just keep my head down. I do my work. I say no to things that don't feel okay to me. And luckily the world is wanting some of it. You know, my work isn't standard and normative, so I'm not as famous as certain people, and I never will be, that are like dating coaches that are perpetuating the same stuff, and they have millions of followers, and I don't. Name but one I'm not dating coach. My name of dating coach. Um, I don't, I don't not want Patty to. Not Patty Stanger. Or no, whatever, but, but, like, she's, but she's kind of a good example. But there's a couple people, I'm not going to use their, say their names, I don't want to give them any attention because uh, I don't value their work. Yeah, but they have millions good. of followers, and I'm not supposed to. If I had millions of followers, I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm really trying to speak to the minorities of right. body, gender, race, culture, and my work is radical. I'm trying to push this forward, and so I'm not right. supposed to be famous. But you're also, famous. like you said, you're a niche person, but people who, who need to know you know who you are, right. and obviously you're very successful in what you're doing, but I think this is the, again, not to go back to social media, sure. but in a world of where everything is about social media now has become like the mecca for what success and not, yep. it's, a, it's a pile of nonsense, because right. most of it is such... It's all garbage. It's always like, how many followers do you have? And it's like, that's my barometer. Because people say about exactly. my book, how well is your book selling? And I'll say to them, I honestly told my agent, I don't want numbers. You worry about that because for me, people are reaching out saying, I read your book and it transformed me. I read your book, it made me feel okay in the world. I read your book and I felt related to, and I'm like, that's success. I'm doing awesome. Right. I don't want to look at my social media, like how many Instagram followers do I have? And that's going to determine how I feel about myself Absolutely. and my career that day. But you know, what's the, 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 the sad part is that people now look at that stuff and like they rate your success or yep. your legitimacy based yeah. on if you have a million followers, right. 10,000 followers. And it's become like, it's become like a, a psychological mind fuck yep. in a way, right? Where it does like play into even like in, in my brain, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like in, in the, in the health and wellness space before there was social media, you know, I had brand deals coming out of my ears. I mean, and like this deal, that deal, this show, that show. And then once everything's skewed towards here, my, my value is mm. now determined by That's how right. much people or how many people like me or don't like me. doesn't matter. People can buy a million followers. They can oh, buy I'll, all this I'll, shit. I'll, I'll, I'll hear, I'll see my agent reference that a deal was sent to me and some other big names in my field, but they had less or more followers and so they could ask for more or less. And it's like, but your legacy then somehow doesn't matter anymore. No, nothing. And or the, even your and certification. The, like, that's what I'm, I'm a that's certified therapist with and and licensed and somehow that doesn't matter and people that have none exactly of that it. are offered it's just wild absolutely it's like wild. that's what i find wild is yes. that like with all your with all someone's like my your background your credentials your just like you're seasoned to what you do all that's like Meh, this this yahoo who, who has yep. a million followers and they you know they're basically showing their like butt better right. and like spewing the the most the the, the the quote of the day from some book they found you know all of that a sudden, wasn't their quote. that wasn't their quote. <laughs> That's, That's right. been like re-regurgitated like a million times. But this is like this is this That's is the problem. That's this where we're at. That's where it is. Well, because the industry sadly doesn't value the work; they value the money. Mm -hmm. Because I'll see experts on television that aren't an actual expert, but again, because they have the numbers, or whatever, <laughs> and it'll make them the money. But they don't ever do their homework of like who is this person, and you know, so so it is. You know, we both keep our head down and we do and our you, work you, and the yeah. people that want us and need us find us and access and we're there for them. And I just work really hard to not go online and use that to determine how I'll feel about myself today. Absolutely. So what do you think, like, why do you think that you, you've like had such great success? Like you said, it, even so, like, doesn't matter how many followers you sure. have, but like in your niche, I mean, you're doing a lot of projects. Yes. You're also like a successful like therapist. Yes. So you think it's because you've just always been true to who you are. Yes. Okay, what are the other... I've never played by the rules. I've never played by the rules. And I have a text from my father who passed away three years ago, and oh, it was sorry. one of the last things he said to me. It was so stunning. And it was something along the lines of, and I don't know where it even came from, but he was saying something to me about keep stay, keep playing outside the lines, like keep and because and, that's what your work is about. That's what you're here for. My first book is called Sex Outside the Lines because I've never followed the rules. I started getting tattooed at 17. It was not cool back then. I was on really? the East Coast. It was very radical. Um, we did it for that reason. Um, I work in sex within psychology, within psychology. 
psychology, it's still not really seen as right. a worthwhile area of study. We're like the bottom of the barrel in the psychology world. The wow. sex people, sexual sciences, what's that? Who right. cares? Right, right, right. Um, so I've just always kind of found my own worth, I kept my head down and I just do my work. I do only things that make sense to me and are aligned with my values and I don't play by the rules. And I piss a lot of people off and I know that that's me doing my work when I'm pissing the right people off. Wow, are you serious? Because there's people in my field that are like, your work is scary and I'm like, good, it should scare you. Now, do you only do, like if, if I wanted to come see you as a, just a regular person. I do general therapy. You do general? That's my first doctorate and master's is general therapy and then I additionally went and got the couples and sex therapy training. So I do it all. Is that like an MR, MFT? Is that what an MFT does? Uh, no, an MFT would just be a yeah. licensed master's level therapist. Right. Um, the certification is CST, certified sex therapist. And that's a massive certification. That's enough. I, know, I figured you had, you had well, you do you have multiples i thought yeah, that'd be just yeah, another one another yeah, feather in your cap yeah. so to speak them on. i love school I, it's amazing how many so how many hours a week can you actually take people on um i'm in my office about three three and a half days a week because i do the nightly radio show and the podcast and i'm touring doing a book a lecture tour and also doing the trainings um i have a new project i can't announce that that's going to be tacked on but i have time that's the shocking thing is i still go to the gym i still see my friends i still have a day on the weekend where maybe i'm getting wasted and i'm out with my friends laughing i get to the beach i take vacations i've just wow. found a way to kind of do it all like i take care of myself i take baths at night sometimes just sitting there in the dark with candles my favorite music so it's not like i'm run ragged and miserable like right I well, you can see you have like a nice a time upbeat. to date. Yeah, because I love what I do. It's amazing. And the minute I don't, I'll stop. That's amazing. Well, okay, I wanted to ask you something. I sure. can't forget. You said something that I actually didn't say it. I read it. Okay. So hold on a second. Let me just get this. Hold on. You wanted to talk about um, what's muscle dysmorphia and fitness oh. culture, which we never even talked about. Sure. I, I just, so one of the things I talk about is kind of going back to what you're saying, there's a lot of people in the mental health space, the fitness space, the wellness space that don't have any idea what they're talking about. Right. And they're promoting some really problematic things that actually fall under like disordered eating. Right. And so I'm just trying to always call out, like we just have to be careful the advice we're giving because some of it isn't really in service of health because any definition of health that isn't looking at the mental component isn't mm -hmm. a complete definition. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to make sure we're weighing in that we're not pushing people into like food anxiety and body anxieties. How do you do that? Well, me, I call out some of the threads and comments that I think are that, not to call bullshit on people, but just to remind people, be careful with that concept. That could be misused right, and right. walk someone into some body issues. And just trying to get people in the you know wellness field to just be a little more thoughtful with some of the terminology. Uh, well, I think there's, a, is, you're the doctor, but isn't there a big correlation between body issues and sex? I think, oh, isn't that 100%. like the whole thing? Like, we separate it out. And that's right. one of the things I keep telling people. We can't talk about, there's the body positivity movement, the sex positivity movement, but they don't combine. They need to. That's, it's the same thing. It is the same they thing. They intersect in and out. And so that's what my next book is on, is looking at the intersections of that, um, how they play off of each other, and also just how like sex is one of the most body transformative and healing things we can do. To have our body, while vulnerable and naked, have desire from someone reflected back and to feel wanted is one of the most body positive things we can have done to us. But if someone is insecure or self-conscious about their body, yes. that whole experience is like basically like shot to hell. Uh, it can be. And that's why it's a slow progress. But I always say to people, my general off the cuff, and again, you have to work with this and, and kind of workshop this, but people that feel insecure about their body have more sex. I, yes, and I don't know, okay, that, that's actually true now that you think about it, because don't you, isn't there something to be said, isn't it because they feel, le they need to do, they, I think a lot of times, and like, that, because when, when girls I'm talking, okay. that when they're feeling, they, they don't feel um, attractive, they feel that they sometimes need to have sex with somebody in order to feel oh, more well wanted, said. I would versus because they're, versus the other thing. The empowered position. Right. It's not. Thank you for pointing that out. That's actually a beautiful and necessary distinction. Because I agree with you. Your first example of, I'm doing this because I feel anxious, but it's not from an empowered position. You're right. That won't make you empowered. That will make you feel misused. And you'll walk away feeling as bad as you did or maybe worse. I thank you. No, you're actually shifting this for me, and I have to use this in my languaging. I will do it in a therapeutic sense where I'm working with them. We're choosing specific people that they know they feel safe with, that they know the person really wants to be with them, so they will feel desire and healing reflected back versus I'm just going to use your body to get off. Right. Well, that's what I think a lot of people do, though. I think that there's a, obviously a, a, 
segment of the population who feel really confident and then yeah. like the women like we we're talking earlier about sure. the gender the cheating and all that yeah. but i do think there's still a huge amount of people women mostly who are doing it more because they feel like they have to to kind of get this guy or that guy and i hate that and i tell and people never do that like I, I i try to do this three-point check-in with people where i would say to them how do you feel before you're about to have sex with this person do you feel safe? Do you right. feel wanted? Do you feel desired? And the first set of women, I hope, would say, no, like this doesn't feel safe. This doesn't feel good. I feel anxious and I feel like I need to have sex with him to feel wanted, but like it doesn't feel grounded and safe. And I'd say, then don't. Then the second point is, when you're having sex, how does it feel during sex or even on a date to be with this person? If it doesn't feel good, stop. People are anxious to stop sex during sex. They feel bad. They feel guilty. They're like, I'm not interested anymore. This isn't feeling safe or something shifted or even on a date. I've left dates. Oh, that's harsh. No, that's fucking honest. Yeah. I'm sorry. The chemistry isn't there or this took a shift or I don't feel safe anymore. I'm actually going to go have an awesome night. Here's my portion of the bill. Yeah. yeah. People that's do body that, positivity. That's sex positivity. And afterwards, how did you feel having sex with them? Your husband even? Oh, it didn't feel good. You don't feel better. Don't have sex with them again or change the way you're having sex because mm, right. every date, every sexual experience, you should walk away feeling better or at least neutral. But if you're leaving your dates and sex feeling worse, even if you're husband or wife, stop change it do something different that's not what it's about that's very interesting that's body and sex positivity yeah i think that's one of the things i think i think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done because unfortunately and maybe i'll get like yelled at for this comment a lot of girls i know um who are insecure they're the ones who are like just like you know basically like sleeping around with a lot of people because mm, yeah. they feel like they need to be like accepted yeah. or and they're uncomfortable and what i find that the dichotomy of that is like if you're if you have a poor body image, how are you even able to do that psychologically? You know what I mean? Because you're uncomfortable. Well, it's interesting. So what I love is even in people that don't identify as having body image issues, I love helping them track the moments where they do, such as, do you have sex with the lights on or are they completely off? Most of us have, have sex with the lights off. That's not body positive. That's right, exactly. That's me being afraid of seeing my body and your body in motion because really good hot sex is loud, it's messy, it's sloppy, I'm doing weird shit. There's body fluids, but like we'll turn the lights off. Or do you have sex in positions where you can't see each other? People be like, oh, I often do it from behind. Yeah. No, I kind of. Are, you, are your eyes open while you're having sex? How about while you're kissing? Do you know how beautifully profound it is to make out with someone with your eyes open? Does anyone do that? I do sometimes. Or during sex, actually say, open your eyes and look at me. And to be in a position making eye contact through the entire thing with the lights on, that is profound. Yeah, that is. But that's super too intimate for Woo! 99. I'm telling you. People yeah. don't do that. So I just remind people, though, that even though you might not be like, turn the lights on and da -da. we all have those moments of like body shame and shame being naked and shame around intimacy we're all on the continuum somewhere because i have my own moments trust me i'm like i got the bar high for myself right because this right. is my field but there's moments where i'm like i don't feel secure why is it me is it them should i be doing this should i not do i want to like try to tolerate more or what i need to change but i have moments where i'm like whoa i just had sex i didn't want to have or i'm on a date and it's not feeling safe to me or good and i'm sticking around or whatever it is right. like you know, so we are in that struggle. Hey, one more question. I know sure. that we have to. I mean, how long has it been? I've been. It's probably like two hours already. But one hour. Oh gosh. Okay. I have one. So, do you feel when when you're meeting somebody, are people intimidated by having sex with you because of all your knowledge? Or do you find that more often than not? I hope not. But, <laughs> I want but, them to want to be excited and like this is going to be. But they're interesting. probably they're probably, they're probably self conscious, right? I, I imagine so. The the people I tend to date tend to skew more confident, and so they they withhold sharing that yeah. most likely from me. But they're probably like thinking. Uh, about in their head like oh, I mean oh, it's good guy. stuff so I mean, I mean yeah well that's what I was going to say I mean, it's like, worth okay. it's worth the struggle well like I was going to if you get past, past the, the first great. part at the beginning I'd be like oh my god this guy's like noticing every little like intricacy of how I'm doing oh what I'm doing oh my gosh I'm good at turning that off and just trying to be in my body and in the moment Oh my gosh, yeah. it's amazing. And then I'm going to ask you to sure. come on. Okay, I was telling you off the thing that I have this uh, charity called Babes for Boobs. Beautiful. I'm definitely getting you involved. So I'm I want in. you to say on this podcast. This is my commitment. To yeah, this is, this is my verbal this contract is, this is your verbal signing. contract. You are going to be involved. Yes. I am happy to be involved. Okay, as, in a host as, as a like, host or, or something. A, a something. <laughs> Or actually, as a bachelor, as a bachelor, possibly maybe both. Because I, I love you, I love your work, I love what I love what the cause is, and so I'm in. I love you. I'm, I'm you. so happy that you came on today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. And Thank you. if I had the book, I would show it, but 
But I'll say the Breaking is- My Heart. Rebel Love, available everywhere, bookstores, online. And then how do people find you? Oh, good. Okay, so my Instagram is Dr. Donahue, D-R-D-O-N-A-G-H-U-E, and my Twitter is at Chris Donahue, and then my website is drchrisdonahue.com. And they can also listen to your podcast? Yes, my podcast, uh, Amber Rose Show, Dr. Chris. It's on some of those you know podcast apps. <laughs> and then Loveline is nightly. It's also streaming on the radio.com app and also podcasted. Wow. Okay. That's a busy, busy guy you are. Yeah, I'm out there. Wow. Well, thank you. And I'm going to ask you, you can, well, we didn't really cover another thing, but we'll okay. come back. Beautiful. Thank you so much thank for you coming. For me. Thank you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.